Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Devin. And Ryan will be joining us shortly. He uh, had some computer issues after we we hit the live button. So two weeks in a row of technical issues. Happy 2024, everyone. We get it, man. Um, but we're going to start off the, the show like we normally do, talking about things that we watched in pop culture before we dive into Ryan's pick for the week, which is the 2017 Netflix film, The Ritual. Yep. Um, and I don't... Don't have any graphics pulled up because we had to scramble for this setup at the last second, but I watched the Golden Globes or at least most of them. Um, I didn't. I missed the beginning of the Golden Globe Globes. Um, I think because I was watching this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you go back and rewatch the the opening model? I though? did not, but you did, and I know Joe Coy. Joe Coy has gotten some flack for some of the jokes he made. I heard some of them. I heard the Barbie one. About like Oppenheimer was based on this book, and then Barbie was about blah blah blah, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that, that's not a that's not yeah. a great joke. The Taylor, no. I saw the Taylor Swift joke, which is just like, eh, that that that. Th- there's so many better jokes he could have made. I I feel yeah. for him because yeah. it's evidently he got the job two weeks before, which is a not a lot of time to make up something for for that. Um. I, I like Ricky Gervais hosting though, so I'm not really the best judge of. Like, <laughs> he won this year though, didn't he? He did, and he wasn't there. I wish he was though, because Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes is fantastic. It's always something. So, yeah. how was the rest of it though? Because so I only saw little bits and pieces afterwards, and I don't know about you, but the sense that I got is that they were very rushed in their speeches afterwards is that was that consistent i think that there's always a little bit of that at shows like that it it seems like some of them were um but then they also took like long moments to do bits like the whole Kristen wig will ferrell bit went on oh yeah a lot longer than the other ones so it it i think it was just a weird night because evidently in la it was freezing was it really? Yeah. So everyone was like cold going in there. Which, um, I mean, it means it was in the 50s. Like, that's yeah. what it means. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, in those dresses, like, you got to, like, it's going to put everyone in a weird mood. It, it was it a weird vibe. There was a weird vibe going on from what I was seeing. Are um, our, our award shows on their way out? I ask that because, like, every time an award show happens lately, it seems like everyone just goes, it was weird. They're trying something new and different and it didn't work. I think they will. I think the format is trying to adapt to social media and like pop culture. And I think if you keep the format the way it was, you're better off. Like get a host out there to do a a strong monologue or musical number. The golden globes never had the musical numbers, but they always had like the fun monologue. Yeah. Um, Like, I think if you keep it simple, and keep mm-hmm. it classic. It's how it, it, it's tradition it, and it works. I think there are too many award shows because in the last three days or since, since the weekend, there were the creative arts Emmys, which is all the technical mm-hmm. stuff for the, for the Emmys for television, uh, the golden right. globes, and then the governor's awards, which are the honorary Oscars, which were surprise hosted by John Mulaney. Wow. Um, okay. So he got to introduce like the awards. I, I know one of the recipients was Mel Brooks. So oh, that's incredible! Um, wow, what a cool yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, 
but a lot of a lot of things that I watched one at the Oscar or at the Golden Globes, uh, Succession, which you and I watched, one yeah, like, cleared did. all of the acting television dramas uh, spots. As it should have. It yeah. was so good. Uh, my favorite moment of the night was Kieran Kier- Culkin telling Pedro Pascal to suck it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that was my favorite part. Uh, in true uh, Kendall Roy, or no, not Kendall. What was he? Um, which Roy was he? Which one was he? Why am I blanking on this one? Roman. He was Roman. 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 Roman, Roman Roy. Roy. Yeah. Um, Oppenheimer won. Barbie won for. Yeah. I think the weirdest thing at the Oscars was like the, the uh, cinematic achievement and blockbuster award, which went to Barbie, but was introduced by Mark Hamill. Weird. Be- because he's Luke Skywalker. So why not? Yeah. That makes I mean, sense. You got him to do it, but yeah. My so- favorite thing to come out of the Golden okay. Globes is Mark Hamill's there. And you know who else was there? I saw this. Natalie his, Portman was there. His mother. So yep. Luke Skywalker got to meet Padme Amidala for the first time because he had they, the two of them had never met. I um, can't believe they've never met. I just picture like every Hollywood star just bumps into each other all the time. I mean, I feel like Mark Hamill and Natalie Portman are in different circles outside of Star Wars. Like they're in yeah, different yeah. circles. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, since we have to vamp some more, did you hear the news about Star Wars? There's going to be a movie and a series two of a show. Yes. Is that it? Yes. How do you feel um, about this? So tell them what the movie is. So the movie is supposedly called The Mandalorian and Grogu, which I really hate that, which I don't know. I, that's probably a working title uh, because sure. the statements that I've read is the more the Mandalorian and Grogu are going to the big screen directed by John Favreau. It doesn't actually <laughs> say the movie is going to be called The Mandalorian and Grogu, which if that's the title, eh, you eh. could do better. Uh, you, could, you could do worse. Um because at least the Mandalorian and Grogu will be in it. I still don't know why it's called Rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> All right, fair. Uh, so that the, the Mandalorian jumping from Disney Plus to the big screen, and then they've announced that a season two of Ahsoka is in development. Yep. So how? So do they? Did they say at all what Mandalorian movie is going to be? Is it going to be like a season four? Is it going to be like a filler between seasons? That's the rumor that I've heard. It's going to be a season four. It's going to be okay. Um, they they adapted what season four was going to be, like the outline for it, and made it a feature film so they can go bigger took, and took out Jack Black from it. I mean, I like Jack. I like the Mandalorian. It works for what it is, but. Yeah. If you want to just streamline it and tell a story, like that's probably mm-hmm. Star Wars deserves to be on the big screen. I love that it has shows. I love yeah. the Clone Wars. I love the Mandalorian. Book of Boba Fett exists. Um, <laughs> but I feel like Star Wars deserves to be on the big screen. And I'm happy yeah. to see that these characters that everyone has connected with are making that jump. Um, that's a good point. This is the first one that started as a TV series and then hopped its way into the big screen. Yeah. Isn't it? This isn't the first one that went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's actually really cool. Now that you said that, that makes me more behind this than I was before. I'm still kind of burnt out on star Wars stuff, but this makes me excited for it. I think. Well, there's not going to be too much of it this year. Like Disney's kind of resetting a lot of things. So good. There, good there's, there's a, there's a, there's some animation stuff. I think there's Wrecking Crew or Skeleton Crew is coming out this okay. year, which is the live action show from John Watts, who did the Spider-Man movies for Marvel. And, Skeleton uh, Crew, the zombies one? No, it's. Oh, and then there's the Alkalite, which is the dark, um, the dark side main character from the High Republic. So there's like two oh. shows, but two shows in a year is a lot better than what we were getting because last year it was. Bad Batch and the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and Jedi Adventures. You get the kids one, right? Yeah, you get the kids one. Like it's been a lot, and it's a lot with like if you space it out a little bit more, it's not going to be as bad. Yeah. So I I think you're probably because then it like builds anticipation for it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not back to back to back start. Wait, didn't Obi Wan come out last year? Kenobi come out last year too? That was the year before. Ah, gotcha. It's all. But it was like because because you had that like we've haven't had a new Star Wars in a while like since Ahsoka, mm-hmm. 
Like we're, we're we're going a few months without Star Wars, which is nice. I like that. I like that with Marvel. Like Marvel had What If that they dropped in a nine day period, and now Echo's out. And but it's it's all out now. Like you can just go watch Echo, um, which oh, I have wow. the poster for up behind me, um, because you can't see it in my shot. But it's it's they, like it's a painting of Wilson Fisk, and Wilson Fisk is part one of the best parts of the MCU because I can say that now because all the Daredevil and Defender stuff is canon. Um, right. All the everything is canon now, right? Like the everything only, Marvel released. The only thing they have not said is canon now is Agents of Shield. Like that's the only thing that's not being addressed as canon yet. What? That was like the one thing that was supposed to be canon. It's supposed to be, but it also wasn't. So Okay. Which I'm I'm of two minds of. I liked Agents of Shield once it figured out what it wanted to be. Like once they started yeah. getting into like time travel and all this other different stuff for the show, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot more than I liked the first season. Where like, hey, we're gonna fight Hydra, or no, we're gonna be a, a procedural show with Shield. Wait a second, no, we're not because the movies are doing this thing and Shield doesn't uh, exist anymore. So what are we gonna do? Um, once they found their first. I think if they don't want to put it in the canon of the MCU, that's what it's going to be. Um, Got it. It's going to be like a multiversal thing. Um, but yeah, all of the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Punisher are Even, all canon. Like both Punishers? The se- the series on Netflix. Okay, so they didn't claim like the, the Ben Affleck Daredevil? Not to the MCU proper. Um, it's it's multiverse, right? It, it's what they have said, and I'm glad you brought this up. Everything that has been Marvel, ha, like all the Daredevil, Ben Affleck stuff, the X Men, the Fantastic, all the Fantastic Four movies, including the one that never got released, the unreleased one, the unreleased one. Anything that yes. was made with Marvel is part of the canon of the multiverse. Oh, my so Tobey Maguire, Spider Man, and Andrew Garfield. Well, yeah. And, and like all the Sony stuff, all the Fox stuff, the the Angley's Hulk, it's all canon to the multiverse. <laughs> so by them saying that, there's a chance that everyone can show up in Secret Wars. So I liked Angley's Hulk. Is that weird? I haven't seen it in a long time, and the last thing I remember about it is it was very dark, and I could not see what was happening. I think I saw it at the drive-in. Was I there with you? I feel like I remember this. I think that was before we started hanging out. Maybe it was. I don't know. I just that was I know that I've also seen it at the drive-in. So maybe that was. Maybe we just went at the same time. Maybe. It, it's entirely possible. Um, let me see if I have. I don't have the slideshow. Uh... It's okay. I mean, we can start talking about the thing that I watched and not have a poster of it. Because it's actually really appropriate for the thing that I watched that you don't see the poster of it. Yeah, I was going to say, so you you didn't, did you watch a thing or was this listening I to I didn't a thing? watch a thing. This was a podcast. Okay. So I so, so very seldomly, Alan, listen to podcasts that aren't us, mostly yeah. because I just yeah. love the sound of my voice, but also because I just, I don't engage with it too, too much. But I just listened to this one called Ghost Story. And like us... It's available on any podcasting platform that you so choose. Amazon Music, Apple Podcasting, Spotify, Pandora, you name it. But it was actually super good. So it wasn't like a like a, a weekly thing like we do. It was a seven-episode series. And I tried to explain the plot of it to Romana, and I ended up look, you're sounding like that that Charlie Day, Pepe Silvia meme. Ryan's back. Hey, okay. Ryan's back. I'll wait till, keep, till he no, hops keep, on. Keep, keep talking. Keep talking. Okay, gotcha. Welcome back. So, <laughs> oh wow. So anyway, I was talking about the the podcast I listened to for the We Watch This part of it, and mm-hmm. uh, it was this podcast called Ghost Story, and I tried to explain it to Romana what this is about, and I sound absurd, so I'm just gonna read a section of this for you. Uh, it's the host who's a seasoned journalist who doesn't believe in ghosts, but when he was a kid, weird things happened in his bedroom that he didn't like initially think was ghosts. He discovers years later that occupants of his house in his room 
have been visited by this ghost of this faceless woman. Now, he never was, but he'd have people be like, oh, there's a faceless woman in the house. Uh, it also happens that his childhood bedroom is next door to the house of his wife's great-grandmother, who was murdered in that house. So part of it is a ghost investigation and them being like, all right, was this anything at all with a ghost? But the other part of it was them kind of deconstructing this murder that happened uh, to his wife's great-grandmother. And his wife, by the way, is the actor Hugh Dancy, if you guys are familiar with him. He was in the Hannibal TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, he was in Black Hawk Down, Ella Enchanted, King Arthur. Um, it's, it's his sister. And his great-grandfather uh, is this, like, massive, massive, like, star in the uk he was like the uk's first spy he was like he's like this very well-known figure and they are debating whether or not he murdered his wife and what that effect has essentially on the family it was incredible this podcast i i've never binge listened to a podcast before like usually i'll like have like something on like music or something when i'm like commuting or when i'm like making food but, like, I was hooked on this. It got me good. So I recommend it a lot. And you said it's anywhere you can listen to podcasts? Just like us. Just like us. Yeah. <laughs> Just like us. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was going for. Um, cool. Uh, I haven't listened to, a, like, a, a bingeable podcast in a while. Um, Did like you I Serial when Serial came out? No. Never got, got into oh, that. Oh, wow. I, I, I do, like, the, uh, the audio book plays on audible so there oh, was fun. one there was one with john cena and kate mckinnon what yeah what it was like him playing a a quarterback that was like retiring and had to move back home or, or something i know i think she played like his agent or something um it was it was weird but like i i like things like that and i just yeah I I have like the one podcast I listen to every day, which takes up so much time, and then I don't listen to anything else. <laughs> um, well, what is it? I gotta know. Oh, I listen to the Ralph Report. Oh, which yeah, I told you, you about. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it it's just a daily. It's a it's just part of my routine now. But mm -hmm. I I okay I I've been keeping an eye out for like other podcasts to watch to listen to. Um, because I I listen to Conan O'Brien. He's a friend and. Uh, occasionally inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. I gave oh, his yeah. uh, Smallville podcast a try, which I, is just overwhelming because I'm wa rewatching Smallville. So I have to go back and listen to the podcast as I watch it. So like, I'm just going to keep watching lot. Smallville. Um, yeah. Cause they're on, they just finished season three. So I have like a whole three seasons of podcasts to watch and listen to. Wow. Um, and I'm not sure how I feel about the whole rewatch podcast culture thing that's happened. Yeah. Um, Tune into our rewatch podcast where we, where Devin and I sit back down and for its 20th anniversary, we watched lost uh, <laughs> every episode thought about like, th think about it. 20 years though. That's it's not, not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. And I always wonder how that holds up. I think about it often. Cause that show is a big part of what got me into like TV and movies like this. Yeah. We'll was talk. it for you, Ryan? I don't know about this. Do you know any, did I was lost? not interested in the lost at all. And to be honest, sorry, I'm sorry, Alan and Devin, both of you, but I'm still not interested in it. Even That's after I've guys. heard you We're guys, like it. after I've heard you guys talk about it forever for the past almost 10 years, like <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I, I love you, but you don't have to be there. We can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You, That's fine. Devin and I, Devin and I have done enough of our own, you know, covers show yeah. things that you guys can have your own thing. <laughs> there's enough yeah. for me to go around yeah well uh we need to come up with What's a clever up? name for it yeah hurley's ranch dressing tub <laughs> uh ryan you watched the meg yes i did <laughs> did you really <laughs> yeah i did you didn't so, tell me that okay so here's so here's the thing it was made what 2018 2017-ish like it came out five six years ago I I am not a Jason Statham fan at all. Like I always no matter no matter what I see him in, I always see him as as like a dad trying to be funny but seriously. 
and everything he does comes off that way, and it just doesn't work for me at all. Um, so my wife came, like, told me, like, three days ago. She's like, I think you might actually like the, this movie. And I'm like, it's Jason Statham. I'm not going to like it. <laughs> and she's like, no, seriously, you need to watch this. So I did. Um, and it reminds me of like all the eighties and nineties, just dumb action movies. Like it's not completely over the top. Um, it actually reminded me a lot of deep blue sea. Like, Oh, it's fun. Okay. Like, like, like it's, it's just ridiculous enough to still kind of be like, okay, I can go with this storyline. And I really enjoyed it for what it was. Um, there wasn't anything, like I said, completely over the top and dumb. There wasn't, it was not Fast and the Furious level stupid. Ah, oh, shoot. Okay. The second one, we watched the trailer for the second one because I was like, well, maybe I might like the second one. As soon as the trailer was over, we both looked at each other and said, no. <laughs> How many of them are there now? There's only two. There's okay. only two. How many books um, are there though? Because I know there's I had more no books. idea these things were based off books. Yeah. What? All the great shark movies are based off of books. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've never seen those. So. Yeah, I'm not a big maybe... Jason, Jason, Jason Statham fan, but. Nah, me neither. See, the thing is, like, I saw Cranked. You know that movie that kind of like pushed him into stardom a little mm-hmm. bit in the U.S. And I think that's what did it because that movie is so ridiculous and was so ridiculous for its time. And then I've seen some other stuff that he's done that's, like, not so serious. I'm always, like, whenever he is doing a serious scene or he's, like, talking someone down or he's being, like, all, like, macho, I always I, I always feel like he's going to crack a smile after a line. Or I always feel like he's going to be like, oh, yeah, nah, and just totally break character. And because he's always on that verge of me thinking that he's going to do that it ruins literally every scene that he's in you feel like he's in on the joke or that like he knows like he's almost like like nodding and winking to the camera i don't maybe that's the term for it i I don't know i i'm going to assume that that's probably what i'm trying to describe what you're describing is how i think almost any at least the ones i've seen jimmy fallon in snl skit went where like fallon breaks like almost way too much sometimes fallon lets you know that he knows he's in a skit he doesn't completely commit to it sometimes he's fun he's fun to watch in it but he's not always a hundred percent in it i think i have the perfect example you know how like a dad will like lean over you and like say something serious and then it'll hang for like five seconds and then he'll smile and go ah no don't worry about it and then just kind of like pat you on the back to kind of like scare you a little bit to make you think that he's being serious, but he's not. And like that stupid, like serious dad humor thing. Like, I feel like he's going to do that in like every scene. I mean, that's fair. And yeah, but this movie is good and I don't really (laughs) have that issue with him in this. Um, like I have almost everything else I've seen. So I, I highly recommend anyone who's been timid about this. Like I have been just dive in. Don't worry about okay. the second one. The second one doesn't exist. Just dive into this one. Was was that a real pun? Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, I did. I'm so proud of you, Ryan. That's awesome. <laughs> that was a really good one. And Finn. Uh, <laughs> oh wow. Uh, um, um. They have a Roomba in in the movie that's in the like base that they're in, and it's got a shark fin on it. Uh, of course it does. Of course. But it's. It's such a nice touch. <laughs> such a... All right. Maybe I will watch it like I watched my my pick for we watch this. Uh, I told you guys last week that I got a projector for my basement. And it came. Yes. And it's wonderful. And wow. one of the first movies that we watched on it, like I tested it out with some other stuff. Just I put on like Spider-Man No Way Home to see how the, like the Statue of Liberty stuff looked on it. Um, but one of the first movies my wife and I watched on it was Casablanca, which I t- let Whoa. me tell you, one of the best ways to watch Casablanca is on a projector. Because uh, the way I have it set up is like, even if I'm sitting up in my couch down here, like completely like not reclined at all, 
the projector is not blocked. You cannot see my shadow. If I stand up a little bit, you can. Like it's like just right over the top of it, so it doesn't get hit with a shadow. But Casablanca on a big screen, um, especially after we, when Harry met Sally last week. Like that's I think that's why we watched it. Um, v- very good on a, on a projector screen. Um, that's incredible. Well, you yeah. have a very high def projector. Was it? This yeah. is going to sound like a silly question, but I mean it in all earnestness. Was it too high def for that movie? Like, because sometimes no. you get this weird, uncanny thing. So we movie. started. We started watching it on. We have it on DVD, so we put that in the PS4 and watched that. Mm-hmm. And it was in four by three. We're like, maybe it's just an old DVD. So we found it on Max and put it on Max, which had the 4K restoration. Um, so it wasn't in 4K, but it was cleaner and the audio was better. And it, it looked great uh, and sounded great, uh, minus our, our just using the speaker on the projector. But it it worked very well. Like, I'm very happy with something that I bought off the TikTok shop. <laughs> uh-huh. Is this a movie that you guys are going to make me watch at some point, or should I just watch it on my own? I mean, maybe. It might be something that we watch on the show. Okay. So I don't want to dive oh. into it too much. But it's yeah, a classic. It. Like I knew all of the the, the lines from it. Like, um, here's looking at you, kid. Like it. It was very. Like there were moments of like, ah, yep, that's the thing. There they did. They, they said they it. They did it. Yeah. Uh, and it was very very uh, interesting to watch right after watching when Harry met Sally, which references it a lot, and in not only the the movie but in the music as well. Um, but now now that we threw the idea out there, I really want to rewatch Lost on my giant screen. For a podcast. That might be very cool. It, yeah. I mean. And this is what we're obsessed with now. This is yeah, the thing. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm, I'm just typing in the numbers to my keyboard right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing. That, huh? Do you still know the numbers? 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. 23, 42. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. What do they add up to? Oh, I don't know that. The polar bear in the base. Neither did the writers. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was to both of your responses. Yes. Um, another thing that I watched on the projector this week was uh, Ryan's pick for the for the show, uh, the Netflix film The Ritual. Uh, Ryan, go ahead. We didn't do an introduction to the film at the beginning of the show, except for <laughs> that's what we're talking about because you weren't here. So you yeah. go ahead and take it away. Okay, so The Ritual was a 2017 movie. It is a British film. Um, I think I think it, it it debuted at the Toronto Film Festival. Um, or Quebec, some Canadian film festival. People are going to probably mm. go, go after me for saying some. Um, but anyway, uh, Netflix the then picked it up. What? The Tim Hortons Film Festival. There we go. Tim Hortons Film Festival. Um, so uh, Nef- uh, and Netflix picked up the distribution rights, and that's why it's on Netflix and has been on Netflix since it became available. Um the director is David uh, Buckner, um, who for some real hardcore horror fans out there, he's the one that did the VHS movie in 2012. Um, he also cool. did Southbound, which is a movie that I referenced during one of our, like, you know, we're watching this segments. Um, but this is his first, this was his, like, first real, like, feature feature. Um, not Not like a collection video movie or like a, kind of like a quasi short film like like uh like southbound was um basically a group of guys have a traumatic event they go to uh honor their lost friend and they go to switzerland and they hike this trail and the one guy decides to have them do a shortcut and they run into a nordic god and all chaos ensues so uh my first interaction with this movie was like four or five years ago. Um, Kristen had seen it. She said, Hey, you might, yeah, like you might like this. I watched it. I really liked it. Um, and it's been on the back burner on my list for us to do for a long time. So I was like, you know, we're just going to do it. Um, 
so there's a lot of meaning in this. I love that you can actually, that anyone can really apply any type of traumatic event that they've been through. Um, and this movie can mean something personal just to you. And I will deep dive into like my interpretation, the director's interpretation, other people that we know, knows um, interpretation, and hopefully your guys's uh, interpretation into this, if you have one. Um, so yeah, so that's me. That's my, that's, uh, that's my history with it. Um, have either of you guys heard about this before, this movie, prior to me bringing it up? Just from you talking about it, um, I may have heard something about it when it came out at the festivals, what was it, five years ago? 2017. No. Two. Seven yeah. years ago. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, don't um, do that. Welcome to old age, guys. <laughs> I mean, 2020 doesn't count. That's not. That wasn't a real no. year. Um <laughs> but yeah i i hadn't really heard of this um i didn't know anything about it going into it except for like you sent the meme for it that i'll post when we share the yeah. actual episode um but beyond oh. that i hadn't really knew i didn't know anything except okay. trees and hiking yeah trees and hiking. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel like a bit of a bad friend because alan said that he heard it through you I don't even remember you talking about this, Ryan. I don't even it, remember that. In much your about defense, it. you weren't on the show in 2017 yet, so yeah. Oh, good. Okay, I didn't know if you. Well, I didn't know if you talked about it like last year, and you were like, "Guys, the ritual's coming," and like well, to, I just was like, "Sure, Ryan, whatever," and like we can whatever. I to be fair, that. like the number of Netflix horror movies that Ryan makes us watch, they all kind of blur together at some point. So, oh, I want to talk about that. I'm going to put a pin in that. Okay. Okay. So, um, before we get into the beats of the movie and then eventually the meaning, uh, Oh, overall, what did you guys think? You want to Devin, go you go first. Okay. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I love this movie a lot. I think it, it gave me like midsummer vibes mm-hmm. partway through it gave me some like I don't know. It was it was psychological enough that I liked it. It was, I, I mean I, it almost felt like he was kind of aping the director of like Midsummer and Heredity, but like in the best kinds of ways. Because there were certain scenes that I'm like, this feels like Heredity. This feels like Midsummer, and I love that. I love the design of the monster in this movie. I love there, there's so much good in this movie that I'll talk a lot about it later, but I, I really, really, really enjoyed this. And to, uh, to, to make it even better, this movie was made before those two. Was it? Yeah. Heredit- wow. Um, Hereditary was, was 2018 and Midsummer was 2019. All right. Well, that's very cool. Cause it, it really gave me those vibes. And like, while I was watching it, I'm like, ah, he just watched both those movies and said, I'm going to do it better. <laughs> but, he but he did. Real quick aside, Devin, you just mentioned yeah. uh, Hereditary and Midsummer. Have you seen yeah. Bo Was Afraid? No, okay. I haven't. Have you? No. Have you, Ryan? Have seen what movie? Bo Was Afraid. It's the third movie from Ari Aster with no. uh, Joaquin Phoenix. So no. it's it's like last night in Soho for me, where it's by a director I really love, and there's no reason I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you haven't seen Last Night in Soho? I haven't seen Last Night, and it keeps popping up on like Netflix or whatever streaming service it's on. Like I should be watching it, and I just keep saying no, which is just a it's a character flaw at this point. Okay, I'm glad I know that now. Um, <laughs> just a character flaw. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought this was okay. Uh, it's, it's not my cup of tea. I did like how they kept revisiting the opening events of the friend dying and how he was, how they incorporated that into the woods stuff. Uh, there was a cool moment with the monster in the background that I really liked. Um, it reminded me a lot of, it's funny that you say VH, like this is the guy who made VHS. Cause I know there's like a connection to like the area in Maryland where they made um, Blair witch. Cause that, I think that was like the same area. And so like some of the same crew. Oh, so I, like I got a lot of Blair witch vibes from this. 
um, which is cool. The the monster design was was cool. Um, yeah, it, I liked it fine, but it, it wasn't wasn't my favorite. You you know me, you know I, I know I, don't, I, I know you. I, I don't do this. Like I I don't I don't. <laughs> do it's okay. It's totally okay. And um, for better or for worse, I just want to say that I nailed both of you on this. Yeah, did you figure that's what we land? I told Kristen right after we got off the show last week, I was like, Alan's going to say that it was okay, but there were moments that he really liked, and Devin's going to say, this has so much meaning that I love it. <laughs> so, 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 so I get to tell her that I was uh, uh, two for two uh, on this one. Okay, so, Devin, with your yeah. experience, the opening of this movie, with like them at the pub, talking at the street, they... They talk about going places like Amsterdam and Berlin and like, are, are these all places that you hear people, and to use a British term, go on holiday? Is this something like, are these places that people bring up, like honestly bring up to go to? Yeah, so to the point where it's actually a little deeper than that. So the parts that they bring up are like, or the places that they bring up are the places that they go too much, like they as the british people yeah. go way too freaking much like amsterdam had this campaign because too many brits go to amsterdam to do exactly what they said they do in amsterdam smoke drink all of that stuff uh to the point where amsterdam had a campaign last year that said don't come here if that's what you want to do in their city we don't want you here because that's what british tourists do in amsterdam and in munich and all of the places that they mentioned are the very stereotypic British places to visit. So, like, it, it goes a step beyond, like, you know, them just casually mentioning places to go to the point where, like, they hit all the greats. Like, the only place they didn't hit was they didn't hit Tenerife or Grand Canary, okay. like, those islands, but, like, the rest of them, and they got them. Okay, because there's so much from from doing the research on this film, there was so much stuff that I realized that, like, even though I really like this movie... And there's so much culturally that I didn't understand that, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know enough to be able to ask a question of stuff that I don't know, because I don't know. Oh, what you didn't know, you it's understand? Like that love. No, 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 no. That's awesome. You know, as in, like, they're talking about vacation spots. I just took it as they like to go places. I didn't know that those were, like, stereotypical British things to do. Yeah, because, I mean, so. from, so they're, what, ostensibly in London, right? Yeah. They're ostensibly in London. All of the places that they mentioned are at most an hour plane ride away. Like, that's, for them, a faster holiday than, like, driving to Scotland or, like, going to the Peak District or the Midlands. Like, yeah. that's more realistic and sometimes cheaper than anything in the UK. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, fast forward. Tra <laughs> the tragic events happen. Um, Alan. Yeah. You don't live in the UK. You live no. in Pennsylvania like I do. But it's very interesting to see a Pennsylvania-type liquor store <laughs> being depicted in another country where all they sell is hard liquor. Um, what did you think of that scene? Of just, like, what they showed with the main character reacting the way that he did to his friend basically getting, uh, uh, getting murdered? Um, what, what, what did you think of all that with like how, with like the lighting and just the, the, the change of scenery? Alan didn't like the, the movie. So we're going to talk, have him talk about the lighting of the scene. No, um, no, 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 no. I'm just trying we'll to think because I mean, like, at you. you, you are our more technical person. Yeah. Cause like you went to school for all this, like you, you know, this stuff. So like, so what did so you think of that scene? What, what, what impresses me about that scene is how, how dedicated they were to recreating that set and all the different other times that they used it. Um, because it's very, uh, spot for spot. Like it's the same thing. Um, that scene plays out very quickly. Like, I think I had to rewind cause like, wait, what? Um, it reminded me a lot of the bottle shops in state college. It's not something you have around here. But it's something like it reminded me of bottle shops in, in State College or bo bodegas in New York. Uh, it would just remind me of that that kind of vibe. 
smaller yeah. corner store with just booze. Um, and I think it, it it's interesting to me that they they end that scene with him hiding. It, it surprised me that the, the robbers didn't see him hiding because yeah. they're both obviously standing there and he's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do the Homer Simpson meme and back up behind this shelf <laughs> and no one's going to see me. Um, but it, it's very fast and quick with how they, um, they depict the death that is like the, the starting point of everything. What, what baffled me the most is like they're, they're doing this trip to pay tribute to him, but it's only been six months. Yeah. Like I, I you, why six months? It seems like such a weird time for me. Like I, I, you would think a year would make more sense, but why six months? Do we know why? I uh, thought, I thought Devin, that's how they like they I thought they picked the trip like because he was like oh maybe we go for a hike and like that was like they were kind of pre-planning like how in the same way that like Romana and I are planning what we're doing for the summer now like maybe that's what they were doing and they go you know what we got to go on his trip like that's kind of how I took that yeah that's kind of how I took it too especially with the timeline it's like look it, it's like that happened they grieved yeah, they got back together at some point and said, you know, we need to work out our work schedules. And there's four of them. Like, we need to pick a time to actually go out and do this. And that's and and they wanted to do it sooner rather than later. I, I guess for me, what was confusing is it looked like they were going out to a, a memorial that they built for him on a spot. Not that they were going out to make one. Yeah. That's what threw me. Like, okay, so they did this six months ago, and they're back here to pay tribute. Don't forget to take out I guess I didn't think about it that deeply. I muted her, and she still talked. <laughs> hey, um, it's time to do your trash, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. If if they, if that was the first time they're doing the trip, it makes more sense than what I was thinking it was. It's okay. Um. But yeah, so to get into that. Um, after that scene where they're in the liquor store, they come to it, the tents and it's like six months later and they're on the hiking trail in Switzerland, which side note was actually filmed in Romania. So of course it was looser labor laws. That's exactly why they did it. (laughs) I'm very sure. (laughs) Um, so they're on this trail and they decide, I forget, um, Dom, the angry one. Yeah. Um, he hurts his knee on the normal trail. So um, Hutch, and the reason why I know their names, because I have them written down and this is for later. Um, Hutch decides, hey, look, there's our thing that we need to go to. Let's just cut the trail and just walk straight there through the woods. This is such a dumb decision, by the way. Like, <laughs> I think that like if anybody is like familiar with hiking, the second he's like, let's not follow the trail. Let's go that way. And you know that they're amateur hikers. Like, everyone's head should have been in their hands. And, like, and that's... What are you doing? And that's, um, and that's the key point, amateur. Because, yeah. Oh, very much so. Because, I mean, I do not do or or orienteering, but I used to. I can use a map and... Com- uh, uh, I can use a map and compass, and, and I can keep us on a straight line. But in that situation, would I do say, hey, let's just cut through the woods? No, I would not say that. We're going to stay on the trail so that if we have to carry you, it's going to be easier. I don't care if it's an extra day of hiking. I don't care if it's I think part of the reason I had trouble getting into this one is I worked on a film in college that was um, about a group of amateurs going off on the wrong trail in the woods and getting lost and being hunted by a killer. Like it was, Oh wow. I'm not going to say what the the film was. It doesn't need the publicity. Uh, (laughs) Even though, even though it was on TMZ like a year ago. um, What? Yeah. I'm not diving into that on the show. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure I told you in the moment, but um, yeah. So that, so like having worked on a film that that's kind of like this, like that was my first onset experience. 
Um, it, it was very familiar to me. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, I know how this is gonna go. They're gonna find a cabin. Things are gonna happen. Someone's gonna disappear. Like, yeah, it's familiar. It, it, <laughs> it, it's very cliche in spots. Yeah, um, I get that. It, it, it is. Um, so they go into the woods, and it's horrible things happen. It starts to rain. They find a cabin. The cabin has a creepy humanoid antler thing in it. They, uh, they all have nightmares. They wake up. Uh, they decide to keep going when they shouldn't. Yada, yada, yada. They run into, uh, a bunch of them die. They run into a village. The village tries to sacrifice them. Guy runs out of the woods. So I just, some, I tried to punch that in as tight as I could. You really did, man. Wow. What was your guys' favorite moment from when they entered the woods until the last guy, survivor, runs out of the woods at the end? There was a moment, and I can't remember where it was, but there's a moment where there, there's a tr- like a bunch of trees behind them and just like fog. And they're, mm-hmm. they walk off frame, and then you just see the monster in the background get up and walk, like follow mm-hmm. them. That's my favorite moment. That's where I shut off the movie. It's like, okay, that's the movie. Like, We're good. <laughs> We're good. That... The monster design on that uh, was, I read an article that had an interview with the director, and when they were working with their creature creator, um, that was one of the first designs that this guy popped out when they were trying to like describe what they wanted from it, and they they pinned it up on the wall as this is our impossible dream that we can't do. And we need to get as close to this as possible. And after months of talking, they were just like, we have to do this because nothing else is coming close to what this is. Wow. So they made it work. The, can we talk about the monster for a second or do we want to do? Let's let's, let's let's do it. Cause it it is. Yeah, it's great. The best way I can describe it. Like if you had me describe this monster, to someone who's never seen the film, it would be okay. So imagine <laughs> Sid from Toy Story had a bunch of Lord of the Rings figures <laughs> and put them all together. Like that's what this is. Like it's it's a more mythological fantasy Sid's toy that he's going to strap to a rocket and blow up in the backyard. Yeah, it's it's one of those monsters that like I got really in the woods with like, where did this thing come from? Is it a god? Like, because it almost feels like it's like some like alien being that has a rough idea that like some things on Earth have hooves and some things have heads and arms and legs. Don't worry about where they go. They just (laughs) all work themselves out. It's like a it's like a Beast Wars Transformer that stopped halfway through. Yeah, yes, it's exactly it. I mean, it's incredible. I love the eyes in it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's such a compelling monster that, like, this is like when you had us watch. uh, Oh, it was the Haunted House movie. It might have just been called Haunted House. Um, I want to know more about this monster. I want to know, like. I want to, I want like more of this monster. I want like previous hauntings of it. I want like okay. a prey style movie with so, this monster. So, uh, before I get into that, Devin, what was your yeah. favorite moment between going into the woods and exiting the woods? Yeah, man, there's a lot. I got to there's a couple that stand out to me. I love okay. the scene in the attic when he wakes up and burns everyone in the attic. Just like how creepy that is and the designs mm-hmm. of everyone. I love that moment. I like the moment where they're they're like sacrificing the friend and he sees his wife come out of the trees, but the wife is the, is the monster. I thought that was very cool. And like the transition between the two. I also two more, sorry, this is a lot. Uh, That's fine. One of them, there was a, this might even be before when they went in the woods, but there was a, there was one jump scare in the whole movie that actually got me. And it was the sound of the zipper of the tent unzipping. Yeah. It was so loud and so sudden that it made me go, Oh, that was like, right at the so beginning. Well, yeah, not so right stupid. at the beginning. That was right when they jumped to Switzerland. Yeah. It was just, it was such a weird, but then uh, there was that one. And then I think the, my last favorite moment was um, that I, it might just be this, the shot and scene composition where 
you don't really get a sense of what's happening to people, but the movie really lets your imagination wander with it in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. And one of those ways is when they take the friend out and the lady's like, don't worry, he's being prepared for sacrifice and all you hear is his screams. And then like you watch the friend fall asleep listening to his screams. Like that's really evocative. Like you really fill in the blanks in your mind in that scene. And I like that the movie does that. Yeah. Um, so this movie was based off a book. Um, so in the book, I'm just going to give you a few things because I don't really know that much about it. One, um, in the movie, the beast is described as the bastard son of Loki. Oh, from, okay. you, you know, know, Norse religion. Yeah. I had a feeling Loki was involved. <laughs> <laughs> so in the movie, that's what the beast is described as. And of course, Nordic gods can like morph their appearance and mm. this and that. So whatever. Um, in the movie, it's a he. In the oh. book, it's a she. Oh. So that's different. Um, and instead of like having like a tribe of like weird, normal aging immortal witches, that is that's that's how they're described. Um, it's metalheads. It's really Nordic metalheads. <laughs> do they have? Do they at least have old women that won't stop chewing on something? Um, she has hoof feet actually <laughs> in the book. She has hoof feet. What? Yeah, because she's, like, the only one that hasn't turned into, like, a living corpse that's, like, in the attic. Weird. Cool, but weird. Yeah, so, uh, my favorite moment, or two moments, is one when, uh, Phil, uh, is found in the room with the, like, weird mannequin antler thing in the attic. Yeah. Um, because, like, he was the most terrified of it to begin with. And then the fact that he was the one that comes to, like, out of his, like, walking nightmare in that room. Um, <clears throat> so good. Uh, and then, um, my other favorite moment, in, uh, uh, in this is when, uh, uh, Luke is in the attic and he realizes that all of the corpses around him are alive. Yeah. And my wife and I always laugh at that moment because it's, it's like, he, you could see in his face, he's like, oh my God, they're alive. Like, he doesn't say it, but you can tell in his face that he has that realization. And then mm-hmm. he just, boop, touches one with the torch. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. no, like, second of thought. He's like, oh my god, they're alive. And then he just lights it on fire. As you should. As you should, yeah. He, I mean, he acts very realistically in a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Well... Oop. Yes? Okay, so I wanted to talk about what Devin just said. Like, he acts yeah. very realistic through, realistically through most of this. Are we counting the... Be- like... Are we counting the opening scene at, in the the liquor store? Like, do you think that's like what would you guys do if if we were in that situation? I like you're I in a liquor moment. store. You're yeah. in a liquor store. Uh, they're getting they're getting robbed. Do you hide behind the counter or do you just give them what they want and let them be? So I had, you know how you, you kind of have that like story about yourself that you tell yourself, right? Like. I'm going to be the one that if this happens, I'm going to run up. I'm going to defend my friend. I'm going to throw the liquor bottle. I'm going to do whatever, right? I've been put in this situation before, and I freeze. I just do, and I know that about me, and I don't love that I'm like that, and I don't know that the fact that I know that I'm like that means I won't be like that next time, but I know that honestly I am that person and would freeze and hide and hope this situation worked itself out totally fine, and yeah, I just I know that about me. It's something, just like Devin said, like, you hope you're one way, but then you don't know what your fight or flight mechanism is going to be until it happens. And you could be someone who prepares for it your whole life, and then when it does happen, you freeze when, Mm -hmm. or or run away when you want to fight. I honestly don't know. I I know the one thing that I would do differently in that situation Mm -hmm. is just give them what they want. Like, things are replaceable. Yeah, man. That's like, the one thing. Like, if they want a well, ring, yeah. give them a ring. Like, yeah. Because that's what it was, right? He just wanted a ring from yeah. him. It was his wedding was... ring. Fine. Take it. Like, yeah. I mean, not that I don't like my wedding ring. I love mine. But, like, 
things are replaceable. Take it. You are not. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Hundred percent. Rubber. Is it rubber? Rubber. Oh, you got the smart ones that'll snap off, not snap your finger. Yeah, yeah, because of my work. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Um, yeah. Uh, so I want to get into what the meaning of this movie is. Just so, just so you know, we're down to seven minutes until an hour. So okay, okay. that's fine. The, uh, we'll we'll yep. do what we can. Um, so I see this movie as a metaphor for grief. So this guy is blaming himself for what happened and the woods of them going through the woods is basically him fighting with himself. And basically, you know, like people say like, you know, like he's out of the woods, he made it. And to me, that's the first thing I thought when I saw the end of this movie, like he's out of the woods, he made it. He, he's out the, the, and he's out the, the other side, but the trauma of getting to that point, he lost all of his friends in that metaphor that like through his process of grief, he realized that he really wasn't friends with any of them anymore. And that's why they're just poof. Um, Before I get into what the director wanted, what did you guys take from this movie message wise? Do you want to go first, Alan? I'm, I'm solidifying one thought of mine. I'm, I'm of the same mind as Ryan. Like it is, it seems pretty straightforward to me that he, that it's, he's dealing with his grief. He's already, if not physically, like emotionally lost those friends. They don't trust him. They think he's responsible. Um, they're all grieving, but through the process of this, he ends up losing them all. So it seems, seems pretty straightforward to me. Oh man. Okay. So I took this as oops, all metaphors. So I don't even think that they're real friends in the woods. I think they're metaphorical ideas of how he thinks his friends care about him. And the monster itself represents his own shame for what he's done. And the killing of the friends is him gradually letting go of the idea that he's had that the friends don't like him anymore and not caring what they think anymore, essentially. It's that, like, well, I need to stop thinking what this person thinks about me, impaled on a tree. I need to stop thinking what this person thinks about me impaled on a tree. Like that's how I took it all. <laughs> okay. Um, so we all missed the mark on what the director <laughs> wanted. Um, so the director wanted to make a movie um, about something that he saw was an epidemic with men in uh, as, uh, as they got into their mid thirties and older. And wow. that is that men become lonely. They lose their friends uh, mainly because the way that he sees it as um, is that as men get older, uh, men, men, men typically have a harder time re uh, uh, reevaluating friendships and adding to uh, um, and adding aspects to the friendship that update them. So basically these guys were all friends in college. They all met when they were a certain type of person. And then it's like 15 years later. And at this point, they're all growing apart. Mm -hmm. And because of how men are raised, typically, they don't have the emotional knowledge to be able to reevaluate those friendships and build on them to make them more than what they were originally on, like the original bonds. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because a year later, after this movie came out, there was an article posted um, from a research company that did actual like studies on uh, on this, and it's true. Men men have a, uh, are much 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 more likely than women as as they get older to lose friends and not gain any more like meaningful ones besides acquaintances. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, my cat that. just wanted to add. In. I mean. <laughs> As men in our in our early to mid thirties, let's let's, oh, let's be generous. I see that. I can see that. Well, yeah. yeah, I can't say um, majority rule. So um, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I I see that. Like I I get where that's coming from. Um, uh, because it, it, it things do change at this this uh-huh. age. Um, a good friend of ours is gonna be a dad and. Like it, it's weird to think that like it, it, like what, what does that mean for the, our friendships going forward? Like it, it, it is 
things are in our lives are changing and it, it is different. Um, yeah. So I, I can, I can see, I can see that angle as well. Yeah. So, so the director called it, um, was it a, uh, a, a crisis of mask, uh, masculinity and crisis, not, you know, masculinity is like, Ooh, want to be this big and tough. Just like masculinity yeah. is just like being men. Um, and the fact that like, we are more than we are more often than not un 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 unable to be like hey you know like we've been friends for a long time um we're starting to get on each other's nerves a bit more maybe we need to like i don't know start hanging out more to try to you know like add more stuff to what bonds this friendship than just what we did 20 years ago yeah yeah, I mean, and, or, like, a good an example that I have of my, like, recent life is that I've had friends that, like, I made in college that, like, I watched do keg stands, right? And now they have multiple children and a career, and they're looking after, like, real human beings, and they, they're no longer that person. And I kind of love that, not because I didn't like the keg stands and didn't like the partying, <laughs> but I love the decisions and the growing and the, the changing in this human being that had to happen to get to this point in their lives. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And I actually kind of, you know, I, 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 you know, this is going to sound super sappy, but I like really cherish the friends that I've had for a very long time, A, because I've moved around a lot, but B, because like I've got to be a part of that life at so many points that I think that's really cool. Okay. So maybe I don't have that, but I understand that notion of like, well, he's my partying buddy and he doesn't want to party anymore. So he's all be yeah. partying solo now. Like I'm yeah. sure there are movies based on that exact premise. Mm-hmm. And, and like, this is one of them, you know, like yeah. they're basically all growing apart and it's basically Luke realizing at the end, like I just, I'm, I'm me and my wife or me and my, like whatever, my dog at the apartment, like, and that, and that's it. That's um, a sad ending. It is, but uh, and then b- b- before we go, I I came across one other um, interpretation, and I love it. Tell me, report him, Luke, and the Luke and his four friends. Well, except for Robert, because he was killed at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Are all stands in for all, all all of them stand in for the five stages of grief, and as the characters die off, it is Luke moving on through that level it makes sense too yeah so pure um uh hitch is denial yeah and what was he doing throughout the whole movie hey guys come on we gotta go it's just one more day we'll be out of the woods dom your knee's not that bad get back up like he's always in denial about what's going on and then he, and then you know he goes, and then the next one uh, uh, that you know dies is Phil, and Phil stands in for a depression. I mean, his hood's always up. He doesn't yeah. really talk a lot. You know, he's the one that you know is always bringing up like the doom and gloom of the situation. And then Dom, anger. The dude's always yeah. angry. About oh yeah, everything. I mean that that one's obvious. Always, always, always angry. And then Luke's, then Luke himself stands, stand, uh, uh, stands in for two things. One is bargaining because he's constantly trying to save his friends. He's trying to bargain his way out of the situation. Um, and then, and then, you know, finally acceptance and just accepting the fact that this happened and he needs to forgive himself and getting out of the woods was that he's through the woods uh, moment. I like that a lot. Yeah, so that works. Um, so so like this movie is great because I feel that if if you like the horror genre or you know you like the outdoors and you don't mind um, you know someone's backpack strap flipping outside and inside between each cut, which happened in uh, um, at one point. So um, you caught that. <laughs> you caught that. <laughs> I didn't. I did not. Okay. Catch that. Um, this movie is just, it's a really good metaphor for a lot of stuff. And it's why, and I'm going to, and I'm going to end it this way, Devin, this way of doing metaphor is superior to then the Baba Duke or whatever that name is. I like, this is the way it should be done. Not the way they did it. Alan, have you seen the Baba Duke? No. 
We're going to watch it at some point. We'll compare. It'll be a yeah. direct comparison. It's not going to be my next pick. But yeah, okay, yeah. fair. I was hoping to do that. I was hoping to do yep. that because I really want to point out why I like this type of a way of doing it compared to not doing it that way. All right. 2024 meta- metaphor throwdowns. Let's do it. <laughs> ah, I love it. So that is it for the ritual. Um, you guys will be getting your candles in the mail. Uh, make sure to light them at 3 a.m. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. That's what I want. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Ryan, I've got a challenge for you. Okay. Let's take a break from horror movies for a bit. (laughs) Devin, it finally happened. Yes. (laughs) Alan, I will. The last few you've done, like the last three, it was Gremlins, Event Horizon, and I forget the other one, but. Um, yeah, so. I'm so surprised it took you three, but this is exactly why I've been doing them. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to tell me to stop. I've been waiting. I, well, the other thing is like your next pick is in February. So Valentine's day, let's start thinking romantic. Um, oh, I'll find. So. Uh, there's a horror movie called Valentine. There oh, is. Um, <laughs> well, that does it for this week's episode. Next week, it's Devin's pick. Devin, what are you going to have everyone – what are we going to have to watch next week? So, listen, I really loved last year when we did the uh, Oscar lead-up. Okay. And I know the Oscars haven't been announced yet, but I'm predicting that one's going to make it on there. So, I'm going to predict us watching one. On okay. Friday on Apple TV+, Plus, Killers of the Flower Moon releases. So, I'm going to have us watch Killers of the Flower Moon. Lily Gladstone actually won a Golden Globe for her performance in it. I'm hoping – carries on and where I actually landed on an Oscar nom. It, it that that's one that will definitely get some Oscar nominations. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, so we'll start sprinkling in some Oscar movies starting next yep. week with uh Killers of Flower Moon and then the following week I'm going to have something special planned because the following week the show's on my birthday. So Yeah, it is. Tune in for my birthday party show. Um <laughs> where we make di- Oh, wait. I know what we're going to do. Um, Make Brian watch all of Lost. <laughs> all of it. All six seasons. All of it. I that face say, isn't from Lost. I just want you to I know. was going to say at least the pilot, but no, we're not going to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, tune in next week for Killers of the Flower Moon. You can listen to it on all major podcasting platforms. You can watch us live here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, you can also listen to all episodes. Check out our website with rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com and check out all the other Rum Runners Network podcasts. Um, podcasts. Um, until next time for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we will see you next week. You sound so sad, Ryan. Droopy dog. Because I, because I looked up Killers of the Flower Moon, Devin. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Three hours and 26 minutes of a crime slash Western. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, Martin Scorsese. And I've seen the trailer for this. And I've seen the trailer for this. And do you want to know what I said after I saw the trailer months ago to Kristen? What? I can pass. What? But the good news is, the good good news is, Ryan, uh, he's letting you watch it at home. So you don't have to watch it all at once. Oh, I can definitely tell you this is not going to happen all at once. And I will tell you guys how many times it took me to get through this movie. Well, not how many times, how many segments it took to get through this movie. I hope you love this movie. I hope it's your favorite movie of